0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to She Shed Light. I'm Hillary Earle and Jennifer Hudson. And tonight we want to talk a little bit, um, kind of bootstrap onto our last episode where we talked about um, the way we open doors in the spirit realm to the demonic uh, through entertainment. And uh, we realized after we recorded the episode that we neglected to tell you how to shut the doors if you indeed have opened them. So we're sorry about that. Um, (laughs) It wasn't a ploy to try to get you to come back and listen this week. So we want to start out this episode really talking about that first, and then we're going to just go, um, kind of go from there. So, um, so Jen, let me, uh, bump it to you. Um, so if we feel that somebody has opened the door to the demonic, whether it be through movie watching, Ouija boards, you know, going to a psychic, you know, any of the things that we mentioned in our last episode, how would somebody shut the doors if you will?
1: So for me in, uh, in my experience, I think the first step is always admitting that you have opened the door. And sometimes that just comes from your intimate time with the Lord, not revelation will come right. You need the revelation first. Once you have the revelation that you've opened that door, you want to repent for doing that. Even if you did it unknowingly, it's still something that you don't want to do. And so, repenting, and um, then going from there to saying that you you can either say that you cancel that assignment over your life. I sometimes say that. I disagree with that lie if you open a door to uh, you know through a psychic and now you have fear you took that on You repent of fear and then you cancel that assignment of fear over your life and kind of want to imagine there being a little like nasty dude on your shoulder that you, you let in and he's now hanging out with you and once you cancel assignment there's no reason for him to be there anymore you say I don't want you there anymore and always in the name of Jesus, because we don't hold the power. The power comes from Jesus alone and, and the power of his blood. And so those would be my, uh, those would be my steps. And I always ask the Lord to continue to reveal when
0: that supper tries to sneak back in again, yeah. because they will. Yeah, that's true. Once they've got a foothold, they kind of want to get it back. Um, yeah, my process is kind of similar. I, um, I call it the three C's. So one, confess you know, um, just confess to the sin, repent of it. Two, cancel. I cancel any ground that I might have yielded to, to the enemy as a result of, of my sin in that area and opening that door. And then three, cast out the command. So cast out anything that might have come in um, and command the enemy to, to leave. And so that simple formula, you know, I found that it works. I think it's it's scriptural, of course. And, um, and Jen, you touch on the agree, disagree. Um, I think that's worth expounding on um and i'll ask you to expound on it but you know expound on and explain earlier you told me a little bit about what the lord showed you in that area so sometimes when the enemy comes you said that there's an assignment that we have a tendency to agree with um and then that's kind of why don't you go ahead and hear what you want to share my story Um, well
1: just the concept okay so when you allow something in again knowingly or unknowingly and you kind of, in order to live in that, if it's fear and you're living in fear, the only way to live in fear is to agree that there's a reason to be fearful. And so when you agree with that, um, then that's how you're gonna live. And until you disagree with that attack, then it's you're kind of gonna own it. So you have to disagree that Fear is not mine. It does not belong to me. It is not part of my identity. It is not a part of my world. It doesn't belong here. Uh, I, I've written a spoken word talking about how someone is um, taking up residence in my house and I don't want them there. And so it's kind of like bad roommate. You, you know, if if you agree to let them stay, guess yeah. what? They are going to sleep yeah. on your couch and dirty up your house. <laughs> and so you have to say, no, I no longer agree that you have space here any longer. You have to go.
0: And, you know, the, the, the it's kind of like you look at the flip side of the coin, right? We know in our walk in the Lord that we read scripture. We read God's promises. We hear God's word. And we choose to come into an agreement with it. So when we speak it or we agree with it, that's where faith comes out, yeah. right? So all of a sudden we hear the word, we agree, and then we have this surge of faith. In the same way, the enemy speaks his word, which is usually that line, that assignment. When we come into agreement with it, yeah, it then the it fear power. follows. It gives it power. You know, and so um, so that's, that's you know, real important that we kind of cancel that. We say, I no longer agree with you, and we cancel that assignment. So Jen and I were talking a little bit earlier about just, you know, ways that we've kind of seen the Lord um, work in our lives, ways that we've been able to close the door to the enemy. And we kind of realized that we, we both have, you know, of course, a lot of stories in that area, but we just thought it might be fun to share a little bit of kind of how God's worked in our lives in this area hopefully give you kind of an example of, of what we're talking about. So, J- Jen, why don't you uh, why don't you start?
1: Yeah. Um, so there's I, I unfortunately have a ton of examples <laughs> because yes. Laura, I had a messy life and agreed with a lot of lies and didn't know that I had it had become had become part of my personality, which is a lie. But I didn't know that there was a lot I I took on as my identity, not knowing that I had done that through agreement with the enemy's plans. So one particular one, the Lord, I was wrestling with why do I struggle with food so much? And I I have done so many singing Bible studies on that and sought the Lord for that. And I realized that it's a lack of value that I have to care for myself. And I knew it was based on a lack of care growing up for me and how, uh they felt or i believe that they felt towards me so i was seeking the lord in that and he told me that i had took on shame and so i said to the lord well when did i do that like what happened that i I wanted to see and know the the initial time that it entered into my life and so i asked the lord to show me and some people could call this inner healing um if you did it with uh people at your church or at a ministry, they they would call this inner healing where you ask the Lord to take you to the event. And so that's what I did. And so the Lord showed me, I was a little girl, I think it was three or four. I saw myself in our trailer that we lived in and my dad had friends over and I saw myself walking by them in the living room and I don't know what they were saying, but they were saying something and my dad made fun of me and they all started laughing at me. And at that instant, I felt shame. And I took that on at that moment, shame became mine. And I took on that agreement saying, I have a reason to feel shame at that young age. And then the Lord revealed to me that what had happened was my dad made fun of me and he had struggled with shame. So that generational curse of shame was passed down in that moment. He had it, he passed it to me, and I took it on his mind as well. And was not free from that until last year when the Lord revealed that to me. And so I said to the Lord, Okay, well, how do I, what do I do then? Because I didn't know that I had shame. And the Lord then revealed the effects that shame was having on my life, which kept me from really getting close to people because I thought eventually. They're gonna they're gonna leave me, which abandonment was another thing I had struggled with. And if they get close to me, I'm giving them the opportunity to hurt me. I you know, I don't want to do that, and then I'm not good enough. And that came from a place of shame. And so I went to the Lord and I said, I you know, I don't want to live in this lie any longer. You've revealed to me who I am, the power that I hold as the daughter of the king. And so I prayed and I said, thank you, Father, for revealing this assignment that's been on my life and a part of my identity my entire life. And I no longer want any parts of this. And so I repent of of believing there was a reason for me to feel shame. I no longer want this in my life. I no longer want it as an identity. And so I cancel that agreement with shame. I cancel that assignment on my life. The enemy no longer has power of shame over me. And I will walk in confidence and boldness because of whose I am. And anytime you go through any any release of a lie, it's so freeing. And it is an amazing it's an amazing feeling to be free from something you struggle with your whole life, especially when you believed it so much that you didn't know. You don't even know you're you're believing a lie, you know, because you've really taken it on as your identity. So once that goes.
0: Yeah, it's helpful. Yeah, amen. yeah. I had a, a similar experience um, with, again, with Shane. And it was interesting, you know, when I moved to Florida, I, you know, in New York, I was, you know, ran my own business. I was in women's ministry, marriage ministry at the church. I coached and played softball on my three teams. And I was just go, 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 party planner to this when I moved to Florida, I didn't know anyone. so all of a sudden, you know, my life is just my schedule's empty <clears throat> and and I felt I was orchestrated of the Lord and I was able to do things and really read and study and do things that I felt the Lord was telling me to do. And then within a year, I'm like, bam, you know headed to PPA playing softball now on a men's team now doing this, not doing that, running from the street again and and I was overscheduled and spread so thin and snapping at everybody. And I was like, wow, you know, like how did I get here? Because now I don't have time to pray and, and do the things that I feel God's told me to do. And so the Lord just led me through, you know, quitting some things. And so I quit and quit, schedule again. And then a few months later, boom, over scheduled, overcommitted. And so I really, the Lord really began to dig in. And he showed me that, you know, I grew up in a home where my dad was, you know, he came from, you know, kind of a fear of money thing, you know, where he was working around the clock, have to work all the time, can never sit still. And anytime I was just in the house, just, you know, like reading a book or, you know, just relaxing, you know, he would come in and he'd kind of freak out and be like, all right, now we'll clean the barn, now we we'll clean the garage. You know, you're, you know, you're wasting time, you're not being productive, you're not being fruitful. And I mean, I... He, even when I was like 19, I started my own business, you know, and was doing my master's. And he still was like, you're not this, you're not that, you know. And the Lord showed me that anytime I had an unscheduled minute in my calendar, I felt shame. I felt the shame. And so something that I wasn't even aware of, something intangible, would just kind of make me panic and overcommit and, and do these things and just schedule, schedule, schedule. And so when the Lord really put his finger on it, you know, I had to come out of agreement with that. I had to close that door, you know, forgive my dad, you know, for for speaking those things and really let the Holy Spirit come in because God wants to order our days and and order our steps. You know, the Bible says that, you know, we are led of the Spirit, that he orders the steps of a righteous man and woman. So I began to kind of manage it that way. And um, and it's been great because now I have lots of margins in my day, and God almost always fills them with sweet time to him, or or just I get a random phone call and I'm able to minister to somebody and do things that you know make a difference. And um, and I think probably a lot of our listeners can relate to that because I see we may not have gotten it growing up, but we certainly are getting it culturally. Mm-hmm. You know, like I see it as a mom, you know, so there's this sense that if you don't have a kid in 50 things, you're a good parent. Yeah. Like if they're not in soccer and gymnastics and this, and if you're not running around, barely able to grab like some, you know, McNuggets at the driving, you know, then you're just not a good parent your kids are missing out. And I've had to really fight that shame piece. Because if you really look, most kids are over scheduled. They don't have time to even play with their friends. Um, they don't have time to just read a book. You know, it's like, hey, cram your homework, take a shower, you got this, you got that. And I really feel like, and I tried, you know, I tried to kind of resist that as a parent, like, no, it's just too much. And I was so guilty. Like, other parents were like, oh, why don't you just sign up for this? And why don't you should just let her do that? And and I was like, oh, okay, you know? And so we really do have to resist this. You know, it's kind of the American way is to just be burning the candle at both ends all the time, yeah. you know? Yeah, I think, I
1: think COVID, when COVID first started, the Lord gave me that revelation that, were going to realize just how much they really didn't know their family Mm -hmm. you know because they were going to be forced to spend a lot of time with them and they never had that quote-unquote luxury before and we actually had a testimony of someone at our church that, that said that like he didn't realize his children were growing up and he really wasn't spending time with them except going to church on Sunday and saying hello and maybe having dinner together but they were in so many things. He was doing so many things. And he didn't realize that it was a treasure to spend that time. In. Yeah. And as you were talking, I was just thinking how the lies of the enemy are every single one of them have different assignments, but they all are distractions. They're yeah. all distractions from what the Lord wants to do through us and what the Lord wants to show us. And, you know, the enemy. The enemy's goal has always been the same, which is to steal glory from the Lord. And if he gets our time, if he distracts us from the Lord and we're we're giving into these lies,
0: then that certainly is not giving God glory, you know. And it's wonderful when when the Lord does deliver us, because, you know, you know, I call it my sacred pace. You know, I now feel like I don't knots in my stomach. I'm not snapping at my daughter because right. we're always running late and you know I'm not driving like a maniac you know having to multitask because I've really let the Lord order my pace, what I commit to, how I work and um, and it's been wonderful. you know it's nice to have margins in the day because often the Lord will use it for me to just encourage somebody or minister to them. Whereas normally, if I was so busy, I wouldn't even have time. I'd be like, hey, how are you? Bubbles are exactly. blah. you yeah. know? And almost every single day, and I work for myself from home, and still almost every day, I have an opportunity for ministry to somebody. That yeah. puts somebody on on my heart to call, you know, or has me reach out to somebody, you know? Um, and that's, that's really the, the, the fragrance of the yeah. Christian life. It's relationship. Yeah.
1: And I think that, that many Americans are too busy for a relationship. you know. And I have found um, when you and I met before I started my business, you had said to me, well, what are your goals? Why do you wanna work for yourself? And I still have them hanging up and I looked at them yesterday and it was basically the luxury to be able to minister when it arises. And I have found that that doesn't always have to be some long, luxurious thing. Um, Today, my shift guy you know came to the door and they're supposed to drop it off and leave well he's now my friend and and i give him time yeah. i give him time because i don't know what's going on with his life and i do have room to see him and he you know we have a god who sees us but i don't think many people who don't know the lord i don't think they would ever choose to explain god that way but that is something the lord has given uh, giving me a heart to let people know that they are seen and when you're busy and distracted you don't have time to see people you know and when yeah. you see them you can minister to them you can discern what
0: they're going through and um and you can hear the lord and you can hear the lord yeah you know like if i were yeah. to look at all the ministry things i did this week you know all of them were just the lord just talking to me about somebody and i was like you know what let me reach out to that mom because um i'm praying for a kid mm-hmm. and then from that the lord prompted me to you know do a few other things you know even today you know i had time to just get in a conversation with somebody that recently uh, walked through a really devastating loss you know something similar that i've walked through and i was able just to encourage her hey here's how i got my faith and here's how god you know moved miraculously on my behalf and And I knew it was a divine appointment, but if, you know, in the olden days, I'd be just like, oh, I got a call. I got to go. I got it at 10 o'clock. I got, you know, and these things happen. I still have them. But again, I try to let the Lord order my day. And when he orders my day, he knows, he knows that, you know, that person's going to need to be prayed with or spoken to or whatever. So it's really worth letting the Lord dig into any of the open doors because the enemy frankly uses them. He uses them just to steal from us. And to um, bring in his plans, and when we close those doors and, we and cast the enemy out, God can free us and use us, and and it's amazing. Yeah, I was just, I was just
1: thinking. Um, I had an appointment today, and I like to be very efficient. I like to be early. I like to, um, I I just like to to have my stuff together, and I think it's because I lived life growing up that was very much the opposite and so that's something very important to me and and i was when you were saying about your day i was trying to think about my day and going through the different things and uh i thought about if i was still wrestling with shame today when i showed up for my 11 o'clock appointment and they told me um jennifer your appointment was at 10. that's what they said to me and i instantly started to feel bad about myself because I made a mistake. (laughs) But that's not what I thought at first, it was their mistake because how could I? I'm so efficient, I would, I have never, which I did tell them, I have never done this before. Um, But it was, I know that it stems from a place where if you make a mistake, then you're, you know, growing up, you did something wrong, then they may not love you. And so I was always striving to be perfect, so they would love me, so I would feel loved. And um, and so I felt offense creeping in, and then I thought, you know, it, it's it's just an appointment that can be rescheduled. And miraculously, they got me in anyway and told me it was actually good timing, which was strange. But um, <laughs> but in that instance, if I was wrestling with all those lies, I would have been offended. I would have been defensive, and then I would have been really hard on myself for failing. Yeah, because shame, you know, tells you that you're a failure. You know, or not good enough. And so it's just praise the Lord, you know, that I didn't have to wrestle with that and take it on. It's
0: amazing how much weight comes with the lies. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, you're right. It's a lot of weight. It's true. And it keeps us, and and the enemy's intent is to keep us in pain and to keep us on a treadmill where we're just so buried. And it could be lies about, you know, will God provide for me financially? Will God do this? Will God? And... When we're in those places of, of yeah, we wound up doing a lot of stuff to overcompensate. for yes. the things that the Lord yes. says: Look, I got this. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So you know. So we what we'd like to leave you with tonight is if you just would go before the Lord, and we'll pray this as Al has Jen pray us out on this note, <clears throat> but ask the Lord to reveal any words spoken over you, any assignments where doors were open, where you need to or the lord wants you to close those doors to renounce those and you know an area often i find is words spoken over especially as a a child child, yeah "Mm -hmm." Yeah, like your dad you know did that and and my father was like are you lazy you're not productive it was words spoken over and especially words from a parent because they have their spiritual authority over you as a child so those things kind of really carry a lot of weight weight in spirit realm so um so ask the Lord to reveal it and, and renounce those those lies and close those doors and let the Holy Spirit reign those it is.
1: Yeah and 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 I would
0: also suggest to really watch
1: your words. Um and I have a short short example. I was at a grocery store and I was just in line behind the person checking out and she was holding um this older baby, he probably was maybe one and he was adorable. And the cashier said, look at that one, he's gonna be a womanizer. And i canceled i canceled that yeah. curse over him yeah. people would think oh that's so cute he yeah. is cute no she spoke a curse over yeah. him and yeah. his relationship and so i canceled that's usually she they would say a
0: like, heartbreaker yeah you yeah because yeah. a heartbreaker is not but a womanizer that's is a curse. very different <laughs> that <is a> curse. <laughs> yeah
1: and so <laughs> i would just say, say to watch side. um she you know i don't think she said anything at all but um (laughs) but i would just say watch you know and and it's it is hard it Mm -hmm. is easy to say well well you're always going to wrestle with that well no i'm not yeah you know like i maybe i am now but we yeah no you're not it's so hard (laughs) it is hard when you really start to pay attention to am i speaking you know dash over things in my life but yeah so you want to pray sure we'll close yeah so father we thank you that you are god and we are not we thank you, Lord, that you see all, you know all, that nothing yes, passes you, by you without you knowing about it ahead of time. Nothing surprises you, God. And so, Lord, we honor you today. We honor you with our podcast. We honor, honor you with our words and our thoughts. Father, I thank you for the people that will listen to this podcast and experience freedom in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord, that you gave up your son and sacrificed his life so that we could experience freedom. We thank you for the blood of Jesus. That has atoned for all of our wrongs, has atoned for all of our curses and sickness and disease, Lord. And so, God, we pray freedom and blessing over those that listen, Lord. Bless them. Bless them in their mind. Bless them in their words, Father. I pray that you would just uh, shine your light on their thoughts. I pray they would have great revelation from your spirit. That you would prompt them to memories that need healed, God. Show them Open doors that have come into their lives, show yes. them spoken words that have been causing damage and stealing from them, Father. And so Lord, we cancel the assignment of the enemy over their lives. We cancel the lies yes. over yes. their Jesus. lives, Lord, and pray Amen. they would experience freedom through You, Lord. And God, we pray for great testimony of what's to come, Father. And we give You this time in Jesus' name, Amen.
0: Amen. Amen. So uh, please share our podcast if it's touched you, and we look forward to having you visit us again. Acabou